Welcome to episode 42 of Spurbs Herbs. Today we are going to be looking at a Chinese herbal formula, one that is, uh, is really interesting and I think at some point almost everyone uses called Sang Erdzitzan. So that's Sang Erdzitzan. And of course I give my, my usual warning of my Chinese pronunciation. But this is also known as xanthium powder. Sangerza is an herb, and that herb is xanthium, severicum. And so this is xanthium powder. As always, I am your presenter, Dr. Greg Sperber. And without further ado, let's get into today's episode. So today, there we go, we will be looking at a commonly used herb formula, Sangerzitzan, or xanthium powder. This is a very important formula for treating sinusitis and other nasal conditions. It shows some interesting effects of some of the herbs to direct the other parts of the formula to a specific area of the body. So we're actually taking herbs that direct it towards the nose. And as usual, we will be exploring something a little different, continuing our discussion of great physicians. We're going to talk about a Chinese, uh, one of the greatest Chinese physicians. Please stay tuned for all of this exciting knowledge and information. But before we do that, boy oh boy, do I have a deal for you today. We have spent years preparing our How to Understand Drugs as an Herbalist series. Could be as an acupuncturist as well, because we do cover some of that as well. And it is finally complete, and we are celebrating. Celebrating with the biggest deal we have ever offered. You get our complete 45-hour course with CEUs, and a lovely frameable certificate of completion for half off. But we are including so much more. We will throw in a signed copy of my book, Integrative Pharmacology, Combining Modern Pharmacology with Integrative Medicine. Plus, you will get an additional two-hour course, I think one of our most important courses, Interpreting Chinese Medical Research for Absolutely Free. And that is not still not all. You will give one, not one, but two hours more of any course you want on our website. This is 49 hours of courses and continuing education, a free signed book, a lovely certificate. It's a value of $809.95 of these amazing products, and we're going to sell it to you all for $337.50. That's an amazing deal. Just go to www.integrativemedicinecouncil.org. That's integrativemedicinecouncil, C-O-U-N-C-I-L.org slash megadeal. That's M-E-G-A-D-E-A-L. And get your discount right now. But please hurry. It is a limited time offer. And it is, wow, what an offer. So with that out of our way, let's talk about famous, let's continue our discussion of famous doctors of the world. In our last episode, we started talking about the amazing Islamic doctor Ibn Sina, known as Avicenna in the West. That was fascinating to me. I'd heard his name. I didn't know much about him. It was, it was really nice researching and, and, and uh, you know, discussing him in our last episode. Before that, we discussed uh, what's uh, about someone who many consider to be the greatest physician to ever live on Earth, and that was Galen. Um, I think he is 
fascinating. I think he was absolutely brilliant and absolutely brilliant in ways to get things wrong. And so just a fascinating, uh, fascinating historical feature, uh, figure that really solidified medicine for 1,500 years in the U.S., 14, 1,500 years, in, in, not in the U.S., in, in, in the West. And so just fascinating, absolutely brilliant and almost too brilliant for medicine. I mean, like not, it, it, it just didn't, some things just didn't work well. Some things still work well, so Galen was amazing. So today, I want to talk about one of the most famous of Chinese doctors, and this is Sun Tzu Miao. He's just a really famous and, and foundational doctor. He lived from 581 to 682 CE, so he lived uh, over 100 years. So he was a longevity, and that's an interesting thing in Chinese medicine. So longevity, he... He lived over 100 years, primarily during the Tang Dynasty, which lasted from 618 to 907. So he was born, you know, about 37 years before the Tang Dynasty, but then the rest of his time was in the Tang Dynasty. He was appointed to several positions at court, but turned them all down. He did not want to work at the court. That's important, by the way, because at, at this time in history, we were really seeing two different types of Chinese medicine. There was court medicine, and then there was family medicine, and they were very different. One was family traditions. The other one was learned scholars, and they were very different in their approaches and who could do it and who couldn't and all that. So the fact that he was appointed to several positions at the court, which was considered very prestigious at that time, and he turned them all down, is an interesting factoid about Sun Tzu Miao. Uh, the Chinese equivalent to the Hippocratic Oath in the West, uh, so Hippocrates, which we also discussed as one of the, the great doctors. Uh, I think we have. If not, we're going to soon. Um, I'm pretty sure we did. And the Hippocratic Oath is something that medical doctors swear by uh, when they graduate. In uh, the West in general, though, it's, it's it can be very modified. There is a Chinese equivalent to that, and that is Sun Tzu Miao's Dai Yi Jing Cheng, on the absolute sincerity of great physicians. And so this is a really interesting, bigger than the Hippocratic Oath, otherwise I'd probably recite it. Um, but it was designed to protect patients and give advice about professionalism. There are lots of Confucian influences in this on the absolute sincerity of, of great physicians. Uh, such Confucian influences include a moral life means less illness. So that's an interesting concept. So, you know, we, we talked, you know, there's a, a difference between supernatural causes of diseases. That was one of the, the things that Hippocrates kind of established was that disease wasn't supernatural. It was natural in causes. And here we kind of have a moral life means less illness. Well, it's not the gods that are causing the supernatural diseases, but an immoral life will cause illness, which is an interesting concept. And I can see that from a practical point of view being absolutely correct, but it does seem to kind of put in a little bit of supernatural into things, but that is very much a Confucian influence. Thorough education and rigorous conscientiousness. Again, very Confucian uh, concepts and the ideas of compassion, shu, and humanity, run and other virtues, which are, again, virtues, Confucian virtues. So compassion, humanity, other virtues that come straight out of Confucianism. Uh, 
The basic values and concepts of this time period was this combination of Taoism, Confucianism, and Buddhism, known as Neo-Confucianism. And so this is interesting. We're talking the you know, 7th century uh, in China. Uh, all of these are, are well-established. Taoism you know, really was 2 to 300 BCE. Confucianism was around the same time. And Buddhism came in around 100 um, CE. Uh, you know, these are all approximations and happened over spreads of time. But by the 600s CE, all were very well established and were all very influential. Confucianism being the religion of the state pretty much was dominant because that was basically how things were ruled. But Taoism and Buddhism were playing a role in that. So that's why this, is, this combination at this period of time is called Neo-Confucianism. And Sun Tzu Miao and, and what he wrote is very much in the Neo-Confucianist sort of thread of things. So on the absolute sincerity of great physicians, talks about the importance of proper diagnosis and treatment, proper study, proper disposition, compassion, having a clear mind and a dignified appearance, and developing an attitude of goodwill. So this attitude of goodwill would be very Buddhist, you know, having a, a clear mind, dignified appearance would be very Confucius. Um, you know, all these sort of, you, know, you can see the influences in some of these, these thoughts here. Uh, it says, a great physician should not gossip, pay attention to status, wealth, whether a person is attractive. I'm only going to treat attractive people. No, you can't do that. A friend or an enemy can't act hastily, can't rely on one's superiority, can't keep the reputation in mind can't be talkative, provocative, or make fun of others. Don't raise one's voice. Just don't decide over right and wrong or discuss other people or their business. So privacy, we have that as an ethic uh, coming through this as well. So a lot of, if we look at, in fact, that's where I got this was from my lecture on, on ethics. Um, there, you can see a lot of modern ethics in what, what Sun Tzu Miao is, is talking about in on the absolute sincerity of great physicians. He, he wrote other books too. One of his, his most famous is the Qian Jin Yao Fang or Thousand Golden Ducat on prescriptions. If you're not familiar with Ducat, that's just a money. So a thousand gold golden coins prescription, you know, ducats is usually how it's, is, is usually how it's uh, translated, but that would be similar. It included important contributions to the Ben Sao or Materia Medica condition. So, uh, tradition, excuse me. So Ben Sao are these traditions uh, that happen. And actually the Tang Ben Sao, which is the Tang dynasty um, Ben Sao. Ben Sao is, means root and grass. And together they mean materia medica, which is Latin, which means medical materials. So think of it as as a as as single herb, you know, describing what the single herbs were. So he had important contributions to that tradition. Herb processing, he was an alchemist. Uh, a, a Chinese alchemist, you know, when we, we think of alchemists in the West, we think of transforming baser metals into gold. But when we think of alchemists in the East, what we're really doing is herb processing and how to take herbs that might be considered toxic in ways that aren't toxic. Uh, and, and their goal was, was, uh, was uh, immortality, was the ability to live forever. So again, living to be a, over 100, that would pretty much can be considered immortal. At this, at this period of time. And so that herb processing, there was a lot of contributions in herb processing in this book. Gynecology, pediatrics, 
leg chi. This is sort of a Chinese um, uh, approach to edema. Maybe heart failure might be in that in that realm of things with leg chi, wind diseases, and cold damage. So these were all contributions in this book. So it's a pretty important book as as we go down the road of of Chinese herbology. I love this. this is one of my favorite things. It in it he discussed this just this kind of stuff blows my mind like if you look at modern medicine this stuff didn't happen until maybe the last 150 years or something along those lines and here he is describing it in the 7th century and so he discussed using a scallion stalk as a urinary catheter imagine that so here's how he describes it the bladder sac belongs to the kidney and bladder it stores the fluid and humor together with the urine if there is visceral heat disease, the bladder is rough and there is urinary stoppage. If the bladder becomes bent out of the way, there will be stoppage of the flow of fluid and humor. Use a scallion leaf with the head removed and deeply inserted into the head of the penis to a depth of about three sun. Not to know soon, about an inch, you know, or uh, it's a thumb's breadth, so about an inch, but it's it's changes on everybody. So Insert it into the head of the penis to the depth of about three soon. Blow into it slightly until the bladder becomes distended. There will be a great flow of fluid and humor. The condition will be cured. This is the earliest known example of the use of a catheter to treat urinary stoppage. I mean, think about this seventh century. This is 1500 years, well, not 1300 years ago that this, this was described. I mean, just amazing blows me away so that's sort of the brilliance of sun sun Miao. he was an amazing amazing uh doctor uh and with that as a little introduction to to this amazing doctor let's go ahead and continue our discussion of our formula today which is song urzisan this formula is in the subcategory of formulas that dredge and disperse external wind which is under the, the, the larger category of formulas that expel wind. And this is according to Scheid. Remember, we use two major, when we talk about Chinese formulas, there's two major, uh, um, two major textbooks that I use as, as and they're, they're the big textbooks that are used. Um, there are others, but uh, these are the two that are, are primarily used in most schools in the, in the U.S. at least. And so Scheid and his team, this is where he puts it. But Chen and Chen, the other textbook, takes a different approach and places it in the subcategory of acrid and warm exterior-releasing formulas under the general category of exterior-releasing formulas. So we generally there's exterior-releasing formulas and there's acrid and warm and acrid and cool formulas under that. Um, so different, they're, they're slightly different. So it's an interesting distinction. First, I, I gotta say, because I learned this formula originally and I had the previous book before Scheid, which was um, Bensky's book, um, and uh, Bensky's still involved with Scheid's book. It's it's the third edition of Bensky's book, and I learned on the second edition. I know there's people out there who probably learned on the first edition, um, but in older versions of Bensky's book, this formula was in in the similar category that Chen Chen puts it. Not exactly worded, a slightly different translation, but that category of of herbal formula. So I learned it as the herbal an herbal formula under the category that Chen Chen describes. So I was curious, like, why is there this difference between these two, these two categories here? So 
Um, let's talk a little bit about wind and then we'll get into those categories. There are two types of wind, internal and external. Both of these subcategories that we're talking about here indicate external wind, not internal wind at all. The category of exterior releasing formula discusses formulas that are specific to external pathogen borne by wind attacking the protective or wei qi. The other subcategory, subcategory of formulas that expel wind is generally used when there are other and more specific signs and symptoms, such as in this case, the idea of wind stuck in the nose or sinusitis. So there's a, a special condition. So that's where I think Shai decided to use the other category. I still think the other category is just fine for this formula as well. So it's it's an interesting distinction. There's slight differences between the two, but not much. In other words, both are appropriate categories and subcategories, but one often indicates something more specific. So I can see the use of either of them in this case. External wind has several manifestations according to Scheid. Rapid in onset, changeable or affecting movement, because wind is a yang pathogen and often causes problems that affect the upper part of the body, particularly the head, which we see here in our formula. Symptoms that are characteristic of external wind include itching, numbness of the skin and flesh, headaches, deep source nasal congestion, muscular spasms, difficulty in moving the joints, and asymmetric appearance or strength. Now, often that difficulty moving joints, the muscular spasms, and the asymmetrical appearance or strength. That's probably more about, um, you will see that in external wind, but it's more obvious in internal wind sort of conditions. So this is a brief overview of wind. We've, we've covered wind in past tasks for observed, so you can always look into our, our uh, past episodes for more on that, but uh, that's a good reminder of what it is. Uh, Sangurjasan also has other names that you may see it under. It can be called Angelica uh, and Magnolia Flower Powder, Flower Powder, or Zhuryi San. Could be Magnolia Flower Decoction, Xinyi San. Can be Xanthium Herb Powder, Sangurjasan San. So it's interesting. Um, Sangurjasan, Z means seed, Sao or Sangurjasan San, Sao means grass, and they're both herbs, but they're slightly different in how they, they work. So it's interesting that Xanthium herb powder, Song Erdze Ersausan, um, is uh, a different name for this as well. Um, I have the exact same, I can't pronounce it, Song Erdzan, but it's spelled T-S-A-N-G-E-R-H, San, San meaning powder, rather than what we have for our formula today, which is spelled C-A-N-G, E-R. So one is Wei Giles versus Pinyin spelling of these of the word. So it's pronounced exactly the same, but it can't you can see the words being spelled differently depending on the tradition that, that it was translated um, into uh, romanticized letters from the Chinese characters. And finally, this can be can be known as just Xanthium formula as well. So those are a whole bunch of different names. The actions of this formula are pretty straightforward, and, and these are Chinese medical actions. Scheid says this formula, and his team, says this formula disperses wind, alleviates pain, and unblocks the nose. That's the key part, that nose part. We're going to get into that in just a bit. Chen Chen says it dispels wind, 
and opens the nasal orifices. So um, exactly the same thing, slightly different translation, that's all. So what are some of the Chinese medical indications for this formula? Scheid say, and his team say this formula can be used for copious, purulent, which means pus-filled, and even foul-smelling nasal discharge, nasal obstruction, dizziness, frontal headache, a normal or thin white or greasy white, or a white or greasy white tongue coating. This condition is known as deep source nasal congestion or BUON or seepage from the brain now, now low. It usually appears after an unresolved case of the common cold where an external wind pathogen remains in the body and obstructs the protective or Wei Qi. They continue, because protective qi is governed by the lungs, such obstruction readily manifests, manifests in its external orifice, the nose. Obstruction of the yang brightness channel, which traverses the nose, causes frontal headache and dizziness. Heat engendered from constraint and fluids that are not directed downward by the lungs combine to, profu to produce profuse, foul-smelling nasal discharge. A normal or white tongue coating indicates, however, that the heat constraint is not pronounced. These are all indications for this. And Chen Chen similarly say it can be used for nasal obstruction caused by wind, stuffy nose, thick yellow nasal discharge, and frontal and temporal headaches. They continue by saying Sangerds is Xanthium powder treats wind attacking the exterior. Wind invasion is characterized by symptoms such as nasal discharge and frontal headache, while heat invasion is characterized by thick yellow nasal discharge. Clinically, this formula may be used for patients suffering from rhinitis, which is basically an inflamed nose or runny nose, to inhibit symptoms such as stuffy nose, runny nose, and headaches. So that is from Chen Chen. It's very similar between the two. Uh, I think Scheid and his team often will get more into pathomechanisms, uh, though uh, Chen Chen is very straightforward about the indications that this formula would be good for. The history of this is actually pretty darn straightforward. Usually there is a disagreement <laughs> it was to when these, these were um, a, between Chen and Chen and Shai. They often will have different sources of these formulas. I like knowing when, not necessarily where, sometimes the where is, is useful, but I like knowing when formulas were discovered because then I can kind of put it in context historically of like, is this a more modern formula? Is this an older formula? Is it somewhere in between? So in this case, both of the, the sources, Scheid and his team and Chen Chen agree the source of this formula is Ji Sheng Feng, um, translated as formulas to aid the living by Yan Yong Yan Yong He, written in 1253. So this is uh, older, but so it's not modern, but it's not one of the first formula uh, books out there. So um, kind of in between would be where I'd put this historically. It's actually a relatively small formula. There's there's only about six ingredients to this. So we're going to talk about those. There's, a, there's four main ingredients and then two sort of ingredients. We'll talk about what that means in just a second. So let's talk about those four ingredients. So obviously it's called Sangerdzisan. 
So Sangerdza, which is a singular herb, it has to be part of it and because that's in the name. And that is Xanthi fructus or Sangerdza, which is an herb that is in the warm acrid herbs that release the exterior, which remember we said, this is one of those, the formula according to Chen Chen is under warm acrid formulas that release the exterior. So definitely uh, seems right. And almost all of the herbs we're gonna talk about today are actually in this category of warm acrid herbs that release the exterior. So it's, they're all about keep it, letting that wind out and getting rid of that wind from an external, what we call an external attack. So. The dosage of this is, so it's interesting. I was, again, very fascinated with how right on Chen Chen and Shide, usually they do not agree on the dosing of the herbs. In this case, in every single herb, they agreed on the dosing. And in this case, 7.5 grams is the dose of this when powdered. And that is the traditional way to use it. We'll talk about how to prepare it in just a minute. But they also, um, Shide also adds into each of these what it is currently in modern usage as a decoction. So as a, as a um, you know, water extract, boiling water extract, and they say six to nine grams of this herb should be used in that situation. So this herb, Sangerza, the, the chief herb, dispels dampness and opens the nasal passages. And this is one of the chief herbs. So it is a chief herb. It's the herb that the, the formula is made after, uh, named after, but there is another one. Uh, the other chief herb is Magnolia Floss or Xinyi Hua. And both are acrid and warm, according to Shai and his team, are acrid and warm, unblock the nasal passages, and are frequently used in treating profuse nasal discharge. So that combination is really good, which we're going to see again in just in our next slide. So the, the, the next herb that's in this is mag that magnolia floss or Xinyi Hua. Uh, in this case, when powdered, 15 grams of it should be used. But when decocted, a little bit less should be used than the other, which is three to six grams so of it. So it's, it's interesting, more in the powder, but when you decoct it, you need less of it. And again, as I said, almost all these herbs are in the warm acrid herbs that release the exterior, and this one is as well. And this is the other chief herb, which also unblocks the nasal passages. Chen Chen Sei Sang Erdza and Xin Yi Hua, the two chief herbs unblock the nasal passages and are commonly used together for their synergistic effect. So they they help each other, and they're stronger together than they are individually. So uh, that's a this is that's the powerful combo that kind of drives this formula. Our third herb is Angelicae dihuricae radix or bijur. So this is I you know when you're learning herbs, this is a, a little bit of a confusing herb because you, you can learn this fairly quickly, usually this is this warm acrid herbs that release exterior, again, this is uh, one of those herbs, is the first category that we usually use, first category in the textbooks, it's the first category that we learn as we're studying herbs. And then later on we learn about another Angelica, uh, uh, Angelica sinensis, which is a really important herb in Chinese medicine, I've had herbs, herbs on that Dong Kuei. Um, so sometimes you can get a little mixed up, they're very different herbs, even though they're in the same genus, they're not the same species, and they have very different effects. So this is Angelica de Hurricae radix, or de Hurica radix by Jur. Uh, big dose in, in powder form should be 30 grams, but then when we go to decoct it in modern times, it's six to nine grams, which is kind of our standard dose for most of our herbs. Unless an herb is really powerful or really are on the weaker side, most of our herbs are in the six to nine gram dosing when we decoct things. 
Um, Shide says this is one of the deputies in this formula and warms and releases the exterior and opens up the orifices, disperses wind dampness, and promotes the discharge of pus. So it sounds like a lot of this is useful for this particular uh, formula. Traditionally, this herb has the following functions, including it expels dampness, unblocks the nose, so again, nose, uh, alleviates pain, reduces swelling, expels pus, eliminates toxins, and alleviates discharge. Now, in this case, when we say toxins, because toxins is one of those herbs that's used a lot in complementary and alternative medicine, when Chinese medicine uses toxins, especially in this context of kind of an external attack, we are talking probably in the realm of bacterial viral infections. That's, I don't like translating Chinese into Western, but it doesn't mean toxins like we talk about, well, I'm on a uh, fast to eliminate toxins. That's not the same. There's buildup of toxins in the body. We need to do something. That is not this concept in Chinese medicine at all. So, Our fourth ingredient is menthahaplocalesis herba or boha. Boha. Uh, and, and traditionally, the, in powder form, there's 1.5 grams, just a tiny little dose, a little bit higher in the decoctions, three to six grams, which is still relatively low. Um, so, and what's interesting, this is no longer in that warm acrid herbs that releases the exterior. This is a cool acrid herb that releases the exterior. So this is kind of used maybe to balance some of the, the warming of the other herbs. It's an important herb. But it's not, it's an assistant. So if we have a hierarchy of herbs and formulas, we have the emperor, we have the deputies, we have the assistants, and finally there's the envoys. So this is an assistant. By the way, that ranking of herbs, very Confucian uh, influence on, on herbology. So uh, very in Confucian. Everyone's in their place, and everybody, so that, that idea of herbs have very specific roles and formulas, very Confucian approach to this. So it's the assistant. As the assistant, it releases wind heat from the exterior and clears the eyes and head. Its light nature guides the other ingredients to the head, according to Shide and his team. Traditionally, it clears and benefits the head, eyes, and throat, vents rashes, and courses the liver and moves qi. Boha, according to Chen and Chen, releases wind heat from the exterior and um, both by jur. The Angelica de Hurica and Boha relieve headache caused by wind. So that's useful in this case. You generally, when you have sinusitis, you're going to have a rhinitis, you're going to have some headaches. So these that combination is very useful for that. Those are the four main ingredients. There are two other ingredients, and you're going to see why I kind of separate these two in just a minute when we talk about preparation. But the the two last ingredients are Allii fistulosi. Bulbous or song bai, song bai, which is actually green onion. So we are we were just talking about the green onion in, in terms of urinary catheter. Here we're we're actually including the green onion as part of the formula, and it is also in the warm acrid herbs that release the exterior category. So again, most of these herbs are in that category. The other herb, and I'm talking about them together, and you'll see why in just a minute, is Folium camellia sinensis, lucha, also known as green tea. So this is our normal green tea. Uh, lu means green, cha means tea. So lu cha means green tea. This is actually in a, in a formula in, in our herbs category of heat clearing and fire purging herbs. So it's a cooling 
drink in general, a cooling herb in general. Again, there's not a lot of cooling in this formula. We have some of the, the mint, the boha, and now we have some green tea. And both of these are considered envoys. Songbai helps support boha, guide the other ingredients to the head. So that's, that's useful. It's guiding, uh, which I said we were going to talk about, guiding herbs. Gucha clears the head and directs the chi downward to balance the ascending and acrid nature of most of the other ingredients. We, we often do this. We'll put opposite herbs together to kind of balance out the formula. Uh, we still are mostly going up, but at least this way, you know, we're not going so up in someone that it could be real troublesome. There's a little bit of the counterbalance to bring it down a little bit. Chen and Chen say both of these enhance the overall effects of the formula. And you're going to see why I talked about these two a little bit different right now as we discuss preparation of this formula. So the source text advises to grind the herbs into a fine powder and take in six gram doses with a tea made from song bai and green tea, lucha. So those, those two, you, you cook them together. So you steep the, the tea and, the, and, the, uh, and chop up some green onion and then take the powder with that tea. That's what you're traditionally supposed to be used for. And those dosing that I was talking about is for this, this scenario. However, today it is often prepared as a decoction. And so in that case, we're going to use the other dosing that I talked about as we, uh, instead. Now with the Sangabai and the green tea, are we still adding that into the formula in modern day? I, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't. Uh, but in that case, when you're boiling up the decoction, you'd probably throw in uh, the ingredients at that point. You know, maybe the, the green tea you wait until a little bit. Uh, it, it's boiling a little bit, and then you would add some green tea. Um, and you might do the same with the, the green onion, but you would just probably throw it in with the formula if you're going to do it that way and add it in. And I think they're good additions to this formula. So that's how you would traditionally prepare it. All right, let's talk about commentary on this. So one of the things I love about Shide and his team's book is there are good, long, in-depth commentaries on how the herbs work. And I got to say, when I was a student and I'm studying all these things, we had to memorize all this stuff. I, you know, the, the memorization that's involved with herbology is just a lot. We had to know every ingredient, the dosage of every ingredient, why you would use that formula. We're learning 10 formulas at a, at a pop. You know, there's a lot to study. So I didn't get to get into the commentaries in a lot of depth. So I'm really... I, one of the things I love about doing Superb Herbs is I do need to go into those commentaries after having decades of experience using these herbs, and I get to go, oh, okay, I get it now, that sort of thing. So the commentaries are very useful in that, in that context. So, so here's a commentary according to Scheid. Uh, you know, Chen Chen had good commentary, but I kind of mixed it in because it talked about the ingredients. I kind of mixed it in other areas. So this is primarily from Scheid and his team. And it says, since its first publication in the Song Dynasty, commentators have prescribed this formula for nasal discharge caused by wind heat. Wang Ong even listed it as a formula that drains fire. Interesting, there's so many warming herbs, but this drains fire, and we'll see why in just a second. Given that its three key herbs are acrid, warm, and drying, and that Menthe Haplocalesis herba boha, which is acrid and cool, was originally used only in a very small dosage, this interpretation appears highly problematic. Indeed, it is increasingly rejected by contemporary writers. So, okay, maybe it doesn't drain fire, despite what Wang Ang said. 
The famous contemporary physician Ron Shui Fung, for instance, writes in Annotated Fine Formulas from Generations of Famous Physicians. This was written in 1983, so very much a, a modern interpretation. This formula clears heat and is light and therefore relies on acrid opening. Somewhat earlier, the Qing Dynasty commentator Zhang Bing Cheng had emphasized that this, the formula's heat clearing properties were due to, the, due to its ascending and dispersing nature. This argument outlined a convenient reader of established formulas written in 1904, brought into play a treatment principle first explained in the inner classic. The inner classic of the, this is the Neijing. Uh, so this is uh, inner classic, the translation of the Neijing. So this is, you know, done 200 years before uh, to BCE, so this is 2,000 years earlier. Uh, and so brought into play a treatment principle first explained in the inner classic. For fire constraint, discharge it. The idea is that where heat is caused by constraint, especially if it is due to cold, dispersal of such constraint by means of acrid herbs will also clear the fire. So in other words, the fire is caused because nothing's moving. So if we can get things to move, the fire will go, by, go out on its own. So that's an interesting way to, to, to look at that dispersal of fire. This is clearly the treatment strategy followed in this formula. In fact, the source text states that the symptoms characterizing this pattern are caused by wind cold. So there's a wind cold happening. Uh, if you're not familiar, cold stagnates and blocks things. That's what cold does, according to Chinese medicine. So you have wind cold. You have something entering from the exterior and, and um, causing things to stagnate. Returning to the, the quote, however, it also says that the wind cold is combined with an excess of qi already present in the nose. This in turn is attributed to liver blood deficiency with lung qi excess. Although the formula does not treat these underlying causes, the explanation helps us define more precisely the type of patient for whom this formula is indicated. External cold causing constraint will tend to occur in those who are both prone to the invasion of external pathogens and have a tendency toward relatively excess qi. Those with blood deficiency fulfill both of these conditions. So there you go. When we say blood deficiency, you know, if you're Western-minded, you might think anemia. That isn't a Chinese, you know, thing. If you have anemia, yes, you're blood deficient according to Chinese medicine. But blood deficiency does not mean you have anemia. So it, it, it can be a sub... I like sometimes to think of it as a subclinical anemia. But that's my Western mind, not my Chinese mind. Continuing, Shahid says, in clinical practice, this pattern must therefore be differentiated from those caused by the invasion of external wind heat, or by liver and gallbladder fire. The nature of the nasal discharge will help make this differentiation. Patterns due to cold transforming into heat are characterized by turbid nasal discharge, turbid meaning um, cloudy. Uh, external wind heat patterns are characterized by clear nasal discharge, and patterns due to liver and gallbladder fire typically involve one side of the nose more than the other, and are characterized by yellow discharge. So this one is turbid discharge. Continuing, a novel use of the formula has been suggested by Ron Shui Fung in Annotated Fine Formulas from Generations of Famous Physicians. We already mentioned that in 1983. This formula clears fire by means of light herbs and simultaneously unblocks by means of acrid herbs. Any formula can be connected to different patterns, and any medicinal can be used for another purpose. 
chi and blood travel upward together. They either interpenetrate each other or they lose each other. What Western medicine calls cerebral congestion, cerebral anemia, thrombosis, which is a clot, a condition of clots, or blood clots, all resemble in terms of their pathodynamic, the pattern for which this formula is intended and therefore can be treated by it in modified form. So that's interesting. We've been talking about sinusitis, nasal stuff, but they're saying blood clots and some cerebral congestion and anemia. Those are pretty heavy duty stuff. Can be used by this formula if modified properly. It guides the clear yang chi to the location of the disorder through the power of its herbs. So what it's saying is there are a lot of herbs in this formula that guide up to the head. So if you have something in the head, this could be used as a guiding formula, not just as a treating formula. And then you have other herbs to help with the treatment of these conditions. Okay, that was it for commentary. Let's talk about modifications of this formula. So Scheid and his team has five modifications for this formula. For severe nasal obstruction, add Sinopide Minima Herba or Abu Shirtzao and Asari Herba Shishin. So this is an interesting modification. So we're actually talking about centipedes. Uh, you can get those in, in, um, in the West um, and they're very good for opening uh, the, the opening meridians and, and, and channels and stuff like that. So I can see why this would be very useful opening up the nasal. Um, Shishin, sorry, Herba is another one that's really sort of accurate, very accurate, opens things up. Uh, Shishin can be difficult to, to obtain. It's, it's been um, said that it, it, it has some toxicity to it. I, I've read various things. You know, some of the toxicity attributed to it was actually a mix-up in a lab. Um, but it, it can be hard to import. Uh, centipede and all sort of uh, animals and, and insects can be a little bit hard to import, but if you look hard enough, you should be able to find these if you want to have these as modification. So for severe nasal obstruction, both of those are really heavy-duty herbs to add to this formula, so for severe nasal obstruction. For concurrent fever and heat in the lungs, add scutellary radix huangqin, which is great, that trains damp heat, and hotunie uh, herba or yuxing zhao. So that again, very good for that. For bloody nasal discharge or nosebleed, add qian zhao gun uh, and redix romania glutinose sheng di wang. So that's an interesting one with the blood. Um, sheng di wang cools the blood. So uh, it, it, you can, if we say when blood is warm, it, it becomes reckless and can actually cause bleeding. So in this case, we're actually trying to cool a little bit in order to prevent the bloody, the bloody nose, the na bloody nasal discharge or nosebleed. For more severe dizziness and headache, add chrysanthemy, floss or juhua, which is um, uh, chrysanthemum flower, and fructus um teriestris by G. Lee. So that can be helpful for dizziness and headache. Chen Chen has two other modifications. If there is increased lung heat, add digupi cortex uh, lychee and sangbaipi cortex mori. For copious purulent nasal dis discharge, add jinyinhua or floss lanicerae japonica and lian chow fructus forsythia. Both of those are useful for colds, external attacks. In fact, one of our major formulas for that uh, employs both of those herbs. 
Uh, and those are heat clearing herbs for the most, heat toxin clearing herbs for that. So copious purulent indicating when it's purulent, it has pus, which means there's an infection of some sort. And both of those, that herbal category that those come from are often very useful in, in uh, bacterial and viral conditions. So adding those two in is very good when there is a, a uh, component of, of uh, infection as well. So there you go. Comparisons of this formula. There are several alternatives to this formula. There's Beeman Ganwan, has several additional herbs that are geared towards infectious causes of sinusitis and add a little punch to the nasal clearing. I have, I've, I, you know, I've, I've, I've written a book. Uh, it hasn't been published yet. Uh, I still need to get it edited and figure out what I'm going to do with it, but it's done. Um, and it talks about herbs to use in everyone should have as first aid herbs in their house. And with that, I looked at sinusitis and what kind of herbal formulas would be good. And of course, I looked at Sung Erdzitsan. I kind of landed on Beeman Ganwan as my formula of choice for sinusitis. So this is the formula I actually probably use more often than Sung Erdzitsan, though I've used Sung Erdzitsan a lot over the years. And this has a lot of the same herbs. It's, it's very similar formula, it just has some more so I've kind of landed with Beeman Gawan, had good success with that um, for treating sinusitis, but Sangertsitsan is, is a great formula in and of itself. Another commonly used formula is Beyond Pien. Uh, Fracken, if you're not familiar with Jake Fracken, at least when I was going through school, he wrote the book on, on prepared medicinal. So uh, stuff that was all prepped for you, you didn't have to mix together. Um, so uh, well-known for a long time in our profession, still putting out great information. So Fracken says this last formulation is better, the Beyond PN is better when the predominant symptoms are sneezing or watering eyes, watery eyes. So that would be the formula for that. And there's another formula that can help sinuses, B Tongwan, which is best for pain from sinusitis. And that's actually what it means. B means um, nose, Tong means pain, and Wan means pill. So this is basically painful nose pill is how this is translated. So that's when you have a lot of pain with the sinusitis. So that's a great formula for that. Scheid uh, and his team also discussed magnolia flower power powder, which I mentioned earlier, but this is a different formulation. Even though this is an alternative for Sangerdzitsan, it actually is in the book as a, as a different formula. Uh, and so that's Shinyi-san. And this disperses when cold and unblocks the nasal passages and is for nasal congestion and pain, persistent copious nasal discharge, loss of smell and headache due to wind cold. So when you have a loss of smell and it's a little bit more on the cold symptoms rather than uh, the, the sort of slightly warming symptoms that we see under Sangerza, you might wanna go with Xinyi-san as an, an alternative as well. So there's some really interesting alternatives here. There, and sinusitis is, you know, so many people have sinusitis and deal with it, and they have variations of sinusitis. So having all of these formulas ready to go, depending on those, those variations, is very useful as a practitioner, so you can dial it in specifically for your patients. Biomedical indications for this formula. Yeah, according to both Scheid and Chen Chen, they're really, Chen Chen usually is really good and has a lot of biomedical indications. They were both really tight on the biomedical indications of this. They include acute or chronic sinusitis and acute chronic or allergic and or allergic 
rhinitis. So um, sinusitis and allergies. So allergies is the other usefulness for this. It doesn't take into account what the commentary said about some of the cerebral issues that can come into play here for biomedical indications, but those require modifications of this basic formula. So it makes sense to a certain extent there. All right. What about the science behind this formula? I did a good search on Sangerdzisan. Didn't come up with much. I mean, there was a lot of of papers that said, here are a bunch of ways you can approach an integrative approach to sinusitis, and it would be in a list, there might be a paragraph, but there's no evidence in, in some of those um, reviews of stuff. So there wasn't, like, I was looking for a good study that said, hey, we used Sangerdzisan in these cases, and here were the results. I couldn't find that in a preliminary search, uh, in, in a relatively minor search. I, I mean, I, I use, generally when I do that, I use Google Scholar, which some people say isn't the greatest, and other people say, no, it's it's good. You'll get a lot of results that may not be useful, but it, it, it covers the results. And I go fairly deep into the results, and I didn't find anything. So, um, But I did find a great paper by Ta Nguyen and Wang, which really looked at integrative medicine and different approaches, much more in-depth than, here's just a list. Um, so... What they did is they looked at the chief herbs in this rather than the formula. So I mentioned Chinese formulas, but didn't get into any specifics. They talked about these herbs in particular, Sangerdza and Xinyihua, the two chief herbs of this. Uh, and, and they explained why they may have useful effects for rhinosinusitis. That's, that's their term, rhinosinusitis. So nose and uh, sinus inflammation or infection. So Sangerdza, they said, had anti-inflammatory effects through inhibiting interferon gamma, TNF-alpha, or tumor necrosis factor alpha, which is important in inflammation, and lipopolysaccharide-induced nitric oxide synthesis that actually affects nitric oxide synthesis. Nitric oxide is a powerful vasodilator, which again is part of the inflammatory process. Vasodilator meaning it opens up capillaries and blood vessels. It also had anti-allergic effects through blocking mast cell-mediated histamine release. We know about antihistamines being very useful for allergies, and that is histamine release is, is done by mast cells. So if this can block mast cell-mediated histamine release, it will really reduce the symptoms of allergies. Uh, and increased activities of catalase, superoxide dismutase, and glutathione peroxidase in the liver with enhanced radical scavenging and reducing activity. All those are antioxidant effects. Sorry, I kind of skipped the line. A antioxidant effects through increased activities of those. Of um, Most of those are going to be, all of those are going to be enzymes that, uh, you know, release uh, antioxidants. So it has an antioxidant effect too. And some specific components are also displayed significant antibacterial activity. And again, we have to think of some sort of infectious cause with these. And so that makes sense that Sangerdza, again, we're just talking about the herb Sangerdza, might have some antibacterial effect as well. So they continue with Xinyihua, and it says uh, that contains bioactive components including terpenoids, lignins, neolignins, epimagnolin, and progesin. Neolignans have been found to have anti-inflammatory effects through mechanisms of action uh, different from steroids. So, you know, anti-inflammatory, we have the non-steroidal anti-inflammatories similar here. Uh, 
Epimagnolin and Fergesin decrease production of nitric oxide, a potent mediator in inflammation through inhibition of inducible nitric oxide synthase expression. So it inhibits the expression of nitric oxide. It also has anti-allergy activity in inhibition of immediate type hypersensitivity reactions through blocking mast cell degranulation. So degranulation is a nice fancy word of saying that there's going to be a release of something from within. In this case, we're, we're really talking about histamine, maybe some other mediators of allergies. So, and that immediate type hypersensitivity reactions, that's a really medical way of saying an allergic reaction. So yeah, so there are um, lots of allergy, uh, anti-allergy activity with Xin Yi Hua. So we always like to talk about some of the drug-herb interactions. And here we do have a couple um, minor ones. I think they were all they were all animal studies. So take it with a, a bit of a grain of salt. But lucha or green tea might inhibit cytochrome P453A4. And Xin Yi Hua might, appears to inhibit cytochrome P453A4. Um, so cytochrome P453A4 is one of those targets we talk about with drug-herb interactions. There's four of them. This is one of them. Um, it is the worst of them, like 3A4, things that affect 3A4 are more likely to affect other drugs. About uh, 40 to 60% of drugs utilize 3A4, cytochrome P453A4, uh, uh, subtype 3A4. So if you have an herb that affects 3A4, it's more likely to cause a drug-herb interaction. Um, I think in general, I don't think we need to be too worried about it, but it's nice to know that there's a potential interaction here between those two components of this. So if someone's on a lot of drugs, I might, I, my strategy that I teach is start low, go slow. So I might start in a lower dose and increase it slowly to a therapeutic dose if someone's on a lot of herbs, a lot of drugs. But again, this formula, as we're gonna really emphasize with our next slide with the concerns, should be a relatively short-term formula. This is not a preventative for sinusitis. This is not something someone should be taking long-term. It's when you have sinusitis, you take this for a week, maybe two, and you're done with it. So given that situation, while we need to be worried about, you need to be knowledgeable and concerned about drug or interactions, I don't think we need to be worried about them necessarily. So you take some actions to protect, but don't, don't be overly worried about them. So let's talk about those concerns. In general, uh, this is a relatively safe formula. And again, I think it's it's because the formula itself is relatively safe, but also because you're, you're usually on it for a relatively short period of time. Uh, Shied and his team didn't have any concerns about this formula at all. Um, Chen Chen did say that Sangerjitsan may slightly irritate the digestive system. To avoid this irritation, dry fry Sangerjitsa before uh, first before use and take the formula after meals so you're not taking it basically you're not taking it on an empty stomach I you know my my experience is that patients of mine who have been on this have not really discussed any major issues uh, with digestion but if someone had issues with digestion I certainly would take these these uh, suggestions in mind but in general I think it's pretty okay all right well that got us through everything today. We did a lot. So uh, today's formula, Sangerza San, is a very useful formula. We started by discussing Sun Sun Yao, one of the major 
very important doctors in, in Chinese medicine. And then we got into the formula, including its ingredients, commentary, science, our concerns and cautions, as well as its potential drug interactions. All in all, another exploration of an interesting Chinese formula, in this case, an important formula used for very common conditions. You know, I, I, half my patients have had sinusitis, at least have had sinusitis at some point. I've had really good effects by using this formula and some of the modifications of this formula, such as Beam and Ganwan. So excellent, excellent formula. Uh, and that was today's episode. Next episode, in two weeks, I'm going to be recording that. Uh, we're going to be looking at an obscure Chinese herb, Zhaoxing Tu, or furnace soil. I had never heard of this herb, and I'm really looking forward to learning about it. I love learning about herbs that I don't know anything about. You never know what may be an interesting addition to the usual formulas. So an interesting one. And as always, we will look at something a little different. Will we continue our exploration of the great doctors of, of history, or will we do something a little different? Find out in two weeks. Join us in two weeks for another interesting episode. Thank you very much for, for hanging in there. If you like this podcast, please do us a favor. Give us a five-star rating in your favorite podcast app. Really appreciate it. Thank you. And remember, you can get CEUs and NCCAOM. That's Continuing Education Units, CEUs, and NCCOM is National Commission, uh, Certification Commission for Acupuncture and OMS and Professional Development Activities at www.integrativemedicinecouncil.org. That's Integrative Medicine Council, C-O-U-N-C-I-L.org. You can also get that mega deal by adding slash mega deal to that and get an amazing deal on the whole series uh, that for how to use, uh, how to know about drugs as an acupuncturist and herbalist. You can always get in touch with me at drgreg at spurbsherbs.com or at our website, www.spurbsherbs.com. And you can see all of our episodes that are posted there at spurbsherbs.com. So uh, like I said, this is episode 42. So there's a lot of them to, to look over if you want to learn a lot more about different herbs. So those are all available at www.spurbsherbs.com. And as usual... There is my bibliography. Thank you, guys. Spurs. The proceeding was presented by Dr. Greg Sperber. We would like to thank Janelle for all her support and everybody else who contributed to this program. Janelle. Janelle. Timothy, Timothy Dobbins. Dobbins. Roger Campbell.